following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the players and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, my brother from another mother, Mr. Christopher Holmes. How are you doing, homie? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Did you say Spanish Flight Games? Did you? I might are have said Spanish. Be... <laughs> <laughs> no hablo, buddy. <laughs> it was fancy. See, I can't even say it again. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. I am. I'm full because I made some pulled pork yesterday on my grill and oh. finishing it up. Yeah, man. Took about six, seven cooking. hours. Dude, would you? Would you? Would you? The picture you sent me, man. Whew, so that looked good. My my fiance's birthday was this weekend. So mm-hmm. I won't tell the world how old she is, but she's um, a lovely woman in her um, prime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she, uh, her birthday, she she has this dish that we used to go to a restaurant in our town here that closed down. And so when they closed down, I asked the chefs how to make the dish. Oh, cool! Because uh, it was her favorite dish there. And uh, so, uh, and I also kind of looked, did a little bit of internet research to figure out some other things to do with it. But anyhow, I, it's mm-hmm. whitefish Grenoble. It's, um, you take a uh, fresh catch, uh, lake whitefish, uh, you pan fry it, and then you make this Grenoble sauce that goes over the top of it. And it's so good. Uh, it's got uh, lemon, really good tomatoes, capers, and a uh, little bit of garlic, uh, um, minced garlic in it. Uh, we might have I to do it. a freaking cutlery a cooking <laughs> podcast now. <man. laughs> you know, she loved it. She 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 ate all the leftovers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a good time. She she had it. So, but yeah, I had a good cooking story this week. Yeah. I'm, hey, and I signed me up for a um for a order of that. Yeah, that looked good, dude. Yeah, it didn't take much work to make. It's really good. So, so let's see. I'm sad. I know. It's just us two. I know. I feel naked yeah. again. Don't yeah. you? Naked and exposed without our Stefan. I know. <laughs> he keeps us on our toes for sure. <laughs> well, he wanted to visit uh, our friend Daryl. He's visiting him out of town. So uh, instead of recording with us this week, we decided to do one uh, our final show about uh, before we put out the document uh, about... Uh, primordial machina exactly exactly so we don't have any um don't have any news this week i went on the fantasy flight and there the last um article was march 22nd when they put out that the um what do you call it when they put out the uh adventure free adventure for android Ah. um and i know they had released um 
what do you call it, Worlds of Android. And I know there, there's an update to that up on um, DriveThruRPG. I just downloaded the the update to that. I don't know when that up, that updated, but I had an older version of it. Um, yeah, so nothing real exciting as far as news goes. But I'm hoping they will announce, um, what is it, Tannhauser. <laughs> hint, 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 FFG, if anybody's listening. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> that would be pretty good. I don't know. They've seemed to poured a lot of money into Arkham, Arkham Horror. So and that L five R game too. But I must say, the community, the Genesis community, and all of the awesome awesomeness that I see out there. Don't worry about it, FFG. We got ourselves covered <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. We have a we have do have one member of our Nerds International community that will only play official stuff though. He's really got to get over that and and start playing <laughs> because there's so many good fan documents out there. Oh, I know, I know, uh, it's really good. So, uh, as far as our email, again, I announced that we would be doing a feedback show, which will be our next show when Stefan returns to us, and uh, we'll go over uh, some rather long mas- messages that we've received from several of our good listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, All of you I are do, good listeners. Only I, some I, of you I write met a really select long few. ones. Select few <laughs> long ones. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I really wanted to approach for today's show topic, I really wanted to approach how we created our Machina for our primordial Machina setting. So yeah. going into how we created vehicles, which touches on the email that we received from Ty Prunty uh, okay. previously, uh, and I kind of felt like we didn't really give him a sufficient answer last time because his question was, "How would you build or make a mech Zoid in the game from first step to last?" Yeah, and we're gonna so, come close. To, I I don't know if we're gonna be going through step by step, but we're gonna peer and peel back the onion that is Tony's head and see what he was thinking of when he was <laughs> putting together some of those. It, you had an onion right. There's this really <laughs> smelly layers in there. <laughs> and layers. And, layers. And once it's once you're exposed to it, you may cry. <laughs> so um, we'll save that right. for another time. <laughs> <laughs> so we have no feedback, we have no news, mm-hmm. but we do have some fifty pieces of awesome. Yes. All right, welcome to 50 Pieces of Awesome. This is where Chris uh, goes out on, normally goes out on the interwebs and scours it for cool stuff for us all. That's right. But uh, you're I go to the changing end of it. it up. I go to both both ends of it. I try and hit both ends of the internet, but I'm changing it up this week. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I want to give, I think the, uh, the um, finding a narrative... We want to give a shout out to all you GMs, all you DMs, judges, castle keepers from Castles and Crusades or Star Masters or whatever you call yourselves that run the game and you guys go the extra mile to make it fun for your players. Now, what do I mean by that? What's going the extra mile? Well, 
I was inspired by this because my GM, sorry, DM, Dungeon Master, because we're playing the, you know, D-Shift-7-D game on Friday nights, he handmade, get this, a primordial earth elemental miniature, has a six inch by six inch base, the thing stood a foot tall, he had made it out of freaking paper mache, man, sculpted it and molded it, and he put little crystals all over the back of it. I, I, I didn't get a picture of it because I was so jaw dropped and it was so jaw droppingly awesome. Um, that's one thing that I, yeah, that's what I mean by going the extra mile. And yeah. I think he went the extra 10 miles with that one. Yeah, he I'm pretty made sure. And paper mache. That's he cool. did. It was freaking awesome. He's been, he's got a 3D printer. Uh-huh. And he's printed out big, like he printed out this Cthulhu esque water elemental because we're actually the twentieth level characters and we're going after the, you know, the big primordials because we have to get all their hearts. Well, there was like the the old one he called it, and it was like this Cthulhu esque looking monster and printed it out, painted it. <laughs> Those that's making this campaign feel epic when you pull yeah. stuff in like that. Sounds so, cool. what other things would good GMs do? Well, I'm drawn to what uh, Eric Lamaru, our buddy, <gasps> did last year at oh, Comic yeah. Hop, and the piece that he did for that, where he created this smoke cloud with with fire inside of it. Yeah. By using, I think he used steel wool, and I think so. put a red light inside of it. It's just amazing looking. Yeah. Amazing miniatures. He did terrain, mm-hmm. uh, and then I've been in games. You know, I I was in a game when I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, I was in a game that um, the the GM did these amazing handouts. They were okay. They were I don't know where he got vellum, but he got vellum paper. What? He singed the edges Aww. with lemon juice. Uh, and made them look like really ancient. These ancient scrolls that we were collecting, what? That's and awesome. he handmade, sealed them in wax. He did all this in a Marine Corps barracks. <laughs> the wax he used was a boot polish, oh, uh, that, and he used and he put the seal in it. And I, I don't know where the seal came from. He, he never showed it to me, but it, it was this real ornate seal. It was one of the coolest handouts I've ever received as a player. Just the way he, and mm-hmm. it was all written in calligraphy. He hand wrote it. Apparently, yeah. he understood, he knew calligraphy, so mm-hmm. he hand wrote them all in calligraphy. Oh wow! The, these and these scrolls were supposed to be like tenth level spells, so they were like super super powerful scrolls, and we had to collect oh, all sweet. these scrolls. It was pretty bad. That's pretty, pretty bad. That's pretty awesome. That and is so when we awesome. found one, yeah. like he put it out on the table. And then it was like, oh, I want that scroll. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and, you know, those are extreme examples of DMs going the 10 extra miles or 1,000 extra miles. Um, I must admit, I am a lazy GM. I'm a lazy DM as well. <laughs> but there are those, I, I have my moments. And I think at Khan and Akab last year, year before last, I had some handouts for you guys. Yeah, so, you know, print, print out little handouts. You know, even going so far as creating a homebrewed campaign setting or a homebrewed adventure. And Tony, 
kudos to you, bud, because a lot of your stuff that we've been going, that we've been running through is all homebrewed, coming out of your own noggin. I know you have to spend time on it, and I appreciate it. Um, and I know the guys appreciate appreciate it too. So it's those examples, you know, if you're just wanting to do just that little extra to make it fun, because that's what this is all about. It's all about having fun, you know, it really is. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, you know, I think you do a heck of a job yourself, buddy. Don't sell yourself short. And do we have a lot in our, I'll tell you in our nerds international community, we have a lot of guys that do just that. They do a mm-hmm. lot of, their own work and yep. run their own adventures in very different settings and game systems and and each one is uniquely awesome so oh yeah yep to so to those guys and to all of you gms out there dms judges castle keepers star masters um oh gosh what's the last one um what were there's the- another one Storytellers. Storytellers, yep, okay. Yeah, all of you out there, wherever you are and whatever you prefer to be called, you know who you are. (laughs) You go that extra mile to make the game more fun, and we would like to award you 50 Pieces of Awesome. All right, everybody. Um, Open... Your books of Genesis, actually your book of Genesis, ha ha ha, to page, oh crap. 220. 220, thank you Tony. 220, because we are in the vehicle garage, that's the name of our episode by the way, where we are going to be talking about creating the vehicles for our games and and, um, specifically we're going to be talking about how we're doing it primordial machina style right so so where do we start on this page here with vehicles i mean we're talking vehicles Um, there isn't much i mean you just got to know what the important parts of a vehicle are you have your your vehicles handling its max speed Mm -hmm. its silhouette the defense the armor the whole trauma system strain yeah all those you have to have every vehicle has to have those components yes and handling and, affects your piloting checks. You know, based yeah. on the rating, you're either adding a boost die or adding a adding a um, setback die or nothing at all if you're handling a zero. Right? <clears throat> and your speeds will affect uh, really uh, not much, uh, but uh, in some of the other they, rules that we may be adding. Yeah, and uh, they simplified it, I think, in this. I think there were different speeds. and. I mean, I think your speed will affect how fast you can move between range bands mm-hmm. um yep and then if you're making um piloting checks through things that have obstacles mm-hmm. you know if you're speed will matter sp- yeah speed will matter right. so and then you know uh your defense is kind of like a like your shields particle shields ablative armor mm-hmm. um those kinds of things that that like you know if you're thinking of a mac which what we're really talking about here you're thinking of you know sometimes ma- uh, mechs and machina will have actual big mecha sized shields like a man would hold in combat mm-hmm. and that that will have a defense rating um yeah and then your armor is your soak so yeah. when you're dealing with vehicle combat um you're you're strictly dealing with uh, armor for soak it doesn't have a you know, you call it soak rating, but really it's the, it's called the armor. 
Mm-hmm. And your hull trauma, that's going to be the wounds equivalent, if you will, yep. for a vehicle. And then your system strain will be the, well, the strain of your vehicle. Your, you know, if your electrical systems get shut out or overloaded or, or um, if you get, if you punch a, if you punch somebody in the chest, right, and they're in a machina or whatever, you know, jarring them a bit, you know, you can do some strain and whatever. So that's what that um, represents. <clears throat> well, that's a kick-ass picture, by the way, on page 220 there of that yeah. mech. Right. Of that, what, f- spider mech? Is that like multiple legs? It kind of looks like yeah. it. Yeah, it looks like it's got four at least. Yeah, yeah that's no, like... that's uh, that, and that kind of, you know, we can kind of use that as our inspiration. And mm-hmm. so moving into, um, you know, what we would do, then we would look at how we wanted to build these. And the only way to look at how we want to build is to start looking at other things that Mm -hmm. are already existing in the game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, skipping ahead to some of the sample vehicles. Do we want to mention, well, before that, do we want to mention the personal scale versus vehicle scale stuff? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to go ahead. um, So your whole, your armor rating is your soak, right? So on a vehicle scale, that's actually equal to 10 times a personal scale in soak, right? So, um, you have personal scale weapons, vehicle scale weapons, and your soak, your armor, your armor is considered like that rating is 10 times your, whatever's in the personal scale. So that brought in some challenges for us on the mech, on the mech scale, because the mechs seem to blur the lines between a personal scale versus a vehicle scale right so then we got into okay what did did we have the mechs have vehicle scale uh armor but then they had personal scale weapons Mm -hmm. uh and then looking at any kind of spell you know we wanted in our system we wanted spell casting to go toe-to-toe with mechs you know and so we were looking at that and oh my gosh when you started putting you know, spell casting toe to toe with a machina, it was a no brainer. The machina was going to win because mm-hmm. there's no way a spell could do that much damage. Right. And, Unless we and, gave it, and, and we were even throwing around the idea of giving spells the breach quality. And then we did <laughs> give spells the breach quality, but we made it a rare thing mm-hmm. uh, with the, um, the Fey crystal, the golden Fey crystal, which gives you the ability to, um, Mm-hmm. Or sorry, it was the Blood Fay. I can't remember which one of them. Yep. Um, I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head. But one of them uh, grants the breach quality mm-hmm. to the spell when it's used as an implement. And what breach does, that ignores one point of armor, which is ten points of soak. Equivalent. And that's where we got our idea. Mm-hmm. So we started looking at, okay, so if we give most of our weapons breach, so... Most of the vehicle weapons are breached. They're going to cut through people. Right. Because most people's soak is going to be six or less. Yep. And breach one gets you past 10 points of soak. Mm-hmm. So you're basically, these vehicle weapons are going to cut through people anyway. Yeah. You're basically ignoring their soak if, if when it comes down to it. And with the breach one. Breach two seems a little extreme. But right. still awesome. <laughs> Think about it. But. Well, if you're thinking 
big scale cannons. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had a challenge there, and I had a an interesting way to come around that challenge. And I don't know if everyone's going to like it. It does bend the as written vehicle rules mm-hmm. considerably, but it seemed but, to work for us. But it seemed to work for our setting, mm-hmm. so we went with it. We ran with it. We, this was what we play tested the most. Yeah, uh, was these rules and how to get personal scale combat and vehicle scale scale combat to work toe and toe because mm-hmm. we had an airship with cannons we have machina with auto cannon type uh, like shoulder mounted grenade launchers and cannons right, right. Yeah. we have uh, a one type of machina that's outfitted with this huge sword and shield mm-hmm. and then you have you have spellcasters flying around the battlefield on spectral mounts uh, shooting spells yep. at people and and it, it, it to make it dynamic and fun for everyone and not basically rocket tag mm-hmm. where if you're hit by one shot you're dead yeah um, didn't want it too deadly though we didn't want it to be like um fire bolts or whatever fireballs or whatever bouncing off of people right, right. kind of wanted yeah so uh, a well-placed spell with a lot of success is going to damage a mech. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, that was what I, you know, kind of had as my sort of feels right. Yeah. So we came up with this system, and that is armor for one of our Machina is going to be five times its silhouette plus its brawn rating. So mm-hmm. and a it will silo- be, and 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 it's not going to be that armor rating isn't going to be it's going to be a personal scale soak. It's so, personal scale soak. Yeah. So we basically made all of our mechs and machina um, personal scale. If you can't bring the magic up to weapon scale, bring everything down to personal scale. <laughs> well said. And <laughs> so, and that seemed to work really well for us. Yeah. Um, so I looked at some existing examples. Now we have, for my airship, it was real easy. For our airship for the game, all I did was look at the three-masted frigate on page 231, and I gave it the ability to fly. <laughs> it wasn't... That was kind of a no-brainer, if you think about it. Yep. It was not really uh, a hard mm-hmm. uh, thought process there. Right. So, and then... And I was looking, I'm like, okay, so we've got uh, four-door vehicles, and then we've got aerospace superiority fighters. Those really don't fit as Mm -hmm. a mech. Right. So, But if you saw Mortal Engines, though, you could kind of use those fighters that they had at the end of Mortal Engines, right? And I did create air vehicles for the Air Kingdom, the city in our game, that use a... The air superiority fighter as a template, yeah, as a kind of your baseline, and then you can go some that are a little beefier if you're on if you're in an F eighteen or if you're in like a what um I don't know one of the air a ten like or a warthog right you'd want to get bump up the hit you know the hull trauma and the armor you know yeah cool so um. So I had to go to another source, and always we have the 
great uncle of Genesis, uh, the right. Star Wars game. Not and the creepy first, uncle, though. It's not no. the creepy uncle. It's the cool no, it's uncle. It's the cool uncle. That, that, right. that gives you a beer, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, when you're underage. Right. I, and us on the fi- Finding a Narrative podcast do not condone underage drinking. <laughs> yeah, what he said. All right. So, uh, <laughs> I figured I'd have to say that. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Good disclaimer, buddy. Sure. Um, eh, only you know, five people are listening to this anyway, so and, it doesn't and, matter. And, and honestly, what children are listening to it? We say fuck on this show. We do say fuck sometimes. We might say fuck. <laughs> they shouldn't be listening to us. No. Nah. All right. Um, but anyhow, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I and, and what exists in Star Wars that mm-hmm. uh, kind of already I was like, oh, they have walkers. I'll look there. Yeah. Well, they I mean, they so go. Much. Those things don't really give me that feel of a personal one on one mech. Yeah. Well, trigger. OK, I want one on one mech combat or squadrons of Machina running around a battlefield. Mm-hmm. What does that remind me of? It reminds me of a Star Wars dogfight between TIE fighters and X-Wings. Yep. So, bam. I found my area where I wanted to be. So I started looking at the X-Wing, the Y-Wing, and the three basic ones from the original movie, the X-Wing, the Y-Wing, and the TIE fighter. Those are going to be my baseline for mm-hmm. for the things that I want to do. And, you know, so had those thoughts. And then what else did I have? Uh, so started looking at speeds for these vehicles. Now, there's um, vehicle speeds. There's rules on vehicle speeds on page 221 in the Genesis rule, core rule book. And um, it's talking about... Uh, so each round a vehicle moves a certain distance based on its current speed. The pilot's job, in theory, is just to control this momentum and keep the occupants alive. So when your character is piloting, they have to steer. And um, so at the beginning of each uh, beginning of or end of your turn, each round, um, your vehicle just moves a number of range bands based on the speed that it's running or that it's moving. Right. So. I had to start stop and think about okay, how fast do I want a bunch of steam pug mechs moving around a battlefield? <laughs> well, yeah. thinking about it, we don't want them. So all the Star Wars ships are really fast. So what differentiates my Machina from those is they're going to be a little more sluggish. So the speeds for your mechs, I went with speeds of one to two, depending on the mech. Um. Then I was looking at, yep. And then I was looking at their handlings. The handling of the Star Wars ones is, you know, again, these are space superiority fighters that fly like dog fighting airplanes. Mm -hmm. And and you could talk about the physics of that until you're blue in the face, but really their handlings is, they're built to be more maneuverable than you would say a running mech or a, um, you know, a jumping machina. So looking at that, I went, okay, your baseline handling for anything. It tells you in the, in the core book, again, on page 221, a combat walker is minus two handling. 
Yeah. Do we want everyone piloting a Machina to constantly have setback dice? Well, no. This is a mm-hmm. year. This is a system where there's a world where there's been hundreds of years of this technology. Right. So though it would though it would encourage them to get to to pick up what is it the um the uh, what's that talent that removes two setback dice uh, to a non combat check? Knack for it. Knack for it. But then again, when we're talking about our combat checks, it wouldn't necessarily apply, right? Right. And yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> um, and uh, so looking at it, I went, okay. So our baseline for Machina is going to be zero. Your standard. So I want my standard. So when I look at my standard, um, what's the standard for Star Wars? What's the iconic ship? I went. That's the X-wing. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's your standard. That's your gold standard. That's your baseline. Things are going to, that's what's going to be, something's going to be slightly better than that. Something's going to be slightly worse than that. Mm-hmm. But handling that's wise, where you yeah. start. That's where you're going to start. <clears throat> yep. So that's handling wise, your X-Wing, or in, in this case, um, the available machina for beginning players, I wanted to have two options. And uh, so I was looking at um, the Junker not. Um, it's what I called it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uh, basically one that you have built or someone built from leftover parts um, of other Machina or of the technology from beforehand left over by the Fey uh, God Kings. Either way, its handling is going to be zero for start. Mm-hmm. So looking at our next step, so we wanted to look at the silhouettes. Now, your players stand at 6 to 8, 10 feet tall around in there. That's silhouette 1, right? Yep. Anything taller than that into 20 feet tall is going to be silhouette 2. Yep. So that's right where we wanted our Machina. Mm-hmm. It was right in that range of silhouette 2. Maybe some large individually built one robot vehicles that a team of people would operate. You know, you could see this big thinking the spider from wild, wild west. Yeah. It takes a whole (laughs) team of people to operate. That's going to be like a silhouette four or five vehicle. Something like that. Yep. It's going to be big. Um, but, um, so the ones that players are going to get and the ones that you're going to find on minions are going to be these simple silhouette two machina. What speed did we do? Do we want? Did you put on for the Junkernauts? So the Junkernaut, uh, I gave it a speed of two. Speed of two, cool. Yep. All right. And uh, I, in fact, all three of the mechs that we Machina that I built for this speed two play test were all speed two. Yeah. All right. Rock on. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the Junkernaut, we're talking silhouette two, speed two, handling zero. We've got its. Um, its base characteristics. So now looking at the armor, I figured, okay, this is a mech. These are Machina. Mm-hmm. These are going to be hand. These things are going to be using hand to hand. So they need to have a brawn rating. Yep. And it, this is a big machine, very strong. It's going to be used to pick heavy things up. So the base for a Machina is going to be four on four you're that's something that very few human beings are going to achieve mm-hmm. um and so 
yeah, it seemed right. Four would be the perfect brawn for a base machina. A better one would be five or six, and that's about it. Because you think, yeah. what is strength? What is a brawn of six in Genesis that we know of so far? And the only thing I can think of right off the top of my head the big is dragon. The, the ogres. Ogres, big and, dragon. I think the dragons are six as well, five or six. Yeah. Strong. yeah. But that's as far as it goes. So right. you want to be able to customize your mock your machina to be stronger, then mm-hmm. we want to have our baseline a little lower. So our baseline's four. Yep. Then you're gonna have a, you know some nicer ones at five. And then like the super awesome best brawn that your machina could have is six. Yeah. Alright, so and the reason why I wanted to, to have their own brawn rating is because this isn't power armor. You're not using your brawn rating when you're using a hand-to-hand combat. Because one of the coolest things about mecha is mecha fights. Yeah. People punching each other in the, in the mechs beating robot fighting, you know? It's yep. <laughs> rock'em, exactly. sock'em robots each other. Just. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you, you, we had to have that element. So they had to have their own brawn ratings. So that helped me again, like I said before, with the armor and silhouette. Uh, so for back to the junk or not, we, my formula was uh, the silhouette is uh, five, or so, sorry, silhouette was two, and the armor is five per silhouette, so it's going to be plus the brawn. So ended up my armor rating for the Junkernaut ended up being 14. Mm-hmm. So five times the silhouette plus brawn. Yep, and, that, and again, that 14 is a personal scale damage. Personal so scale. So you have so- somebody who can do you know, over 14 damage with like a spell or something, then you'll be able to start damaging a junk or not. Right. Which puts it and in the realm of possibilities. Yes. Puts it in the realm of possibility. You hit with a really powerful spell, uh, with the, with your implements, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, adding pierce to it, you can start damaging these mechs with good oh, yeah. spells. You hit yeah. them with a lightning bolt. They're going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Even, you know? even like a big warhammer. Somebody yep. has a. I mean, I think I built one that um, has a base damage of like twelve or fourteen, and then yep. you add your successes on top of that. Boom, you're good. Yep. All right. <clears throat> but we didn't want our machina to be pushovers. Nope. So, and that's where I started looking at. Uh, I looked at my X-wing, and I think, oh, the X-wing's got a hull of ten. Well, that's not going to work Mm-mm. because. That means if my machina is hit with a a hmm. machina weapon, it's gonna be wiped it's out. Done right with one <laughs> with one shot. So uh, that's not gonna work. So started looking at it, and I'm like, oh, well, this is simple. Just double it. Yep. So it feels X- pretty good. It twenty hmm. does feel good. It, it feels like you could hmm. handle three good solid mm-hmm. hits which is way it works also in hand-to-hand combat uh in in regular combat you can normally survive two to three even four hit. sometimes good solid hits yep and in this case uh the junk or not uh, and and then i did uh, again with 20 hole trauma then looking at system strain there's no reason to change it no stay at the 10 that an x-wing would have and mm-hmm. that gave me now, a Junkernaut, which is my baseline vehicle, Silhouette 2, Speed 2, Armor of 14 on personal scale, mm-hmm. a Hull Trauma of 20, a System Strain of 10, and a Handling of 0. 
Great. I give it a base weapon, a single cannon. That cannon uh, did like 10 damage, I believe. Let me look just to be sure. Yep. The shoulder cannon, 10 damage, and voila. It's yep. uh, it for, And when you put a vehicle weapon on, keep in mind, you do need to mention where it, what, what it is located at, what its far, uh, firing arc is going to be. Yeah. So that when you're looking at the position of vehicles on on um, on your vehicles, the weapons can't fire outside the zones. So yep. they're firing zones. So mm-hmm. uh, it would be on the forward firing arc. It has a critical of four. Uh, Ten damage uses the gunnery skill uh, and uh, is usable out to long range. And uh, and it has breach one. Cool. So you now have your shoulder-mounted cannon on a Machina that is capable of pounding yeah. another Machina into submission, or, <laughs> yeah. or you know. And then, uh, so that was my Junker knot. Now, the last thing I wanted with the Junker knot is this is something that's been hodgepodge together. So the last thing I need to list for this vehicle and for any vehicle that we're going to have in the setting because we will have attachments that you can use uh, uh, be able to modify it put on you know put on make it better handling put on um, more armor make it uh, um, put on more weapons of different types make it more modifiable increase the brawn rating yep. all those things it needs some hard points well, the junker knot, I like the idea of it being this hodgepodge piece of machinery. Yeah, that you could kit bash the hell out of. <laughs> I gave it six, a walloping six hard points to so the players could really customize the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. So that is one of our starting machina. If you make a machina pilot in our game, you're gonna start with one of these in your beginning gear. Yep. So now I wanted to have an option. So I created another one. And Chris kind of helped me with this one. Yep. Because we wanted our, you know, when we started our setting, we wanted our dwarves to have had this technology for so long. Of course we do, because dwarves rock. <laughs> right. So we created the dwarven war mech. Yep. Which then brought to mind this melee weapon using mm-hmm. mecha. Sword and board, baby. Shield. So, sword and board. (laughs) That's right. So, where did we start, Chris? Well, we um, well, we kind of started with the where the kind of comparing it to the junker knot, right? Because that's going to be our baseline, and we wanted this thing to be a little beefier. Um, still about the um, it's still going to be a silhouette two vehicle. Mm -hmm. Still wanted it, and we still have a speed of two. It's not going to be really slower, though. Being a dwarven mech, maybe it does have to be speed one. <laughs> um, it gave it a brawn of five, so bumped up the brawn just a little bit. Um, so that would make its armor rating um, five times a silhouette of two plus the brawn of five will give it an armor rating of 15. And that's, again, that's personal scale. And I do believe the hull trauma. And the system strain is also personal scale too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the hull trauma. Then um, Tony has Tony. Tony was thinking, well, this, like we said, we have X wings, Y wings, and Tie fighters, right? Well, this is going to be our X wing, our Y wing. 
sorry, our Y-Wing. It's going to be a little tougher to handle, but it's going to have a, a, a bit more hull. You could take takes a little more damage. So we doubled the hull rating of an X-Wing, which is which was 12. Sorry, of a Y-Wing. I, and I'm, I'm reading the damn document right here. What the hell? <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to help you, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. So that makes the hull trauma twenty-four. And again, keep the same system strain of ten. And we wanted it to be tougher to handle, so to have a handling of minus one. So you're gonna be setback die all your piloting checks with this. And then of course we gave it the um we gave it a sword and a shield. All so right. we'll have a defense rating. Right, and this is a big vehicle-sized shield, so mm-hmm. it's going to have a forward-firing arc defense of yep. two. Sweet. Yep, and then we said for the for the sword, um, it's going to have a base damage of 12. So, you know, we were thinking of, you know, 10 being the base damage for our mech weapons, right? And this is, you know, and because, you know, the brawn is a little, a little, a little beefier, right? So we'll start with a 12 damage breach one for the sword. For this critical mech, of three. And a critical of three. Which I need to write that down. Make him so, make a note of that. So now we have this sword and board wielding, but we gave it something else too. And that is mm-hmm. uh, because it needs a ranged weapon, it has. <laughs> Mounted on its shoulder, a clockwork grenade launcher. The clockwork grenade can be found in the Genesis Core book, Core Rulebook, under the steampunk setting. Uh, on uh, let's see, I think that's yeah, that's on page one fifty four in the Core Rulebook, and uh, these are you know can- bulky canisters um, that. Uh, contains simple simple boiler heat combined by two chemicals um and i like the idea of having this little canister launcher sitting on the shoulder <laughs> yep of our dwarven uh machina and uh this uses pers- it's a personal scale weapon mm-hmm. the, the clockwork grenade is a is a uh, uses gunnery though because this was mounted uh and it's going to have a base damage of eight yep uh, it has a crit of three, and it, but it only goes out to short range. Uh, and then, but it has blast five, burn one, mm-hmm. and limited ammo uh, ten. Limited ammo ten. So, so why would this be only short range? Uh, why couldn't it be I'm medium? Sorry. It should be medium could range, be. I would think. It's a launcher. Yeah, you're right. Right, because short oh, range yeah, so would be where you could throw it. Yeah, range light short. So range light is what you use to throw. That's right. That's right. what I have in here. So, so gunnery. Yeah. yeah, so I would think We're going to change range. it to gunnery and medium range. Yeah, right. there we go. And limited ammo was going to be 10. So, so 10 of them? Yeah, you only have 10 of them. Uh, you know, actually, you know what I would like? You know what would be cool? What? Is to have it limited ammo 6. And have it look like have it look like a freaking six shooter, um, like you know, uh, yeah. what do you call it? Like gun, you know, like mm-hmm. a like a pistol from the Wild uh, West, but it's a big freaking gun. <laughs> I hear you. I got you. Yeah, that's cool. I like that's that. Pretty sweet. Audible. We're calling it. We're, we're changing calling it. it. Audible. See, this is yeah. This is what you do when you 
<laughs> when you're crafting. Sometimes you find a, uh, something that it changes. So, yeah, we're mm-hmm. going back to the drawing board. We're changing it so that it's a limited ammo six now. Maybe it was because uh, I was watching Fear the Walking Dead today. And the guy has a and one of the guys in there is a gun is a gunslinger and I and I just saw him. Oh, anyways. Oh, that's cool. cool. All right. So, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and the, so they're slightly less damaging than your mm-hmm. average like a cannon, and they don't go out to long range like a cannon. But they, I mean, you're the, with blast of five, you can mow down a yeah. whole line of troops with this oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, you want to soften them up a little bit before you go in there and like <laughs> wipe them with the sword. Yeah, yeah. So as you're running, <laughs> sweet. So yeah, and then this would That's be awesome. our other player option for the beginning. Warmex. Warmex. Nice. But Warmex. Our Machina. Machina. The Machinas. Yeah, the Dwarven Warmex and the Junkernaut. So yes. Well, we brought in giant melee weapons, so I kind of want to talk about this before we go on to the, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the minion vehicle, the TIE fighter version. Yeah. <laughs> and that was uh, what we haven't discussed is how do giant melee weapons work? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Are you using your melee skill? Are you using piloting? What do you do? Yes. Both, oh. Tony. Both. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Both. Yep. You will use the brawn of your machina plus your piloting skill to use in hand-to-hand combat for melee. And for your melee. And yes. you will use add in your handling mm. into this check. Yes, absolutely and you will. But this becomes a combat check. And yep. this is where Chris said we'll get back to this. Mm-hmm. So if you have a knack for it, Piloting Machina, it does not apply to hand-to-hand combat. Exactly, because it is kind of different. I wouldn't. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see you applying it. Right. You know. And so your your what is the damage of a Mecha Fist going to do? It's going to be equal to the Brawn rating plus successes rolled. What's the damage of a Mecha Stomp going to be? It's going to be the Brawn rating plus successes rolled. Now you throw in these giant melee weapons, it's mm-hmm. going to be the weapon actually is going to be its brawn, the brawn rating of the mecha plus Machina plus a X amount. Yeah, so for the sword, I mean, I think it co- it co- comes into seven plus your brawn. Yes. Or brawn, brawn, brawn plus seven. Or, yeah, Because it's a huge seven. sword. Hell yeah, it is. So, uh, again, we, I look at, you know, well, what's a sword normally? It's what, brawn plus two? Something like that. Yeah, I, I think so. Axes are plus six or plus three. Yeah, and a warhammer is plus four. Daggers plus one. Warhammer so, might be plus four, might be plus three. So, really, you're going to, like, you know, if you're thinking a dagger, you probably would put it at, like, plus five or six for a big dagger. Big yeah, I would, think, dagger. I, w- I would think a big machina dagger, you would... You would, it would probably be um, five plus brawn. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then like an axe, a big machina axe, maybe be would eight. be. And this is just spitballing here. That'd mm-hmm. probably be an eight. And then you like your big maul, huge maul would be like a probably an eight or a nine. Yeah, I would think so. I wouldn't go any higher than that. No. 
and again, you know, we're looking at we're looking at the the um the, you know the armor ratings, <coughs> and you know you want combat to you know you want to be able to take a couple of hits before you go down. Um, it'd be nice to do a, a single hit and take somebody out, which could be possible. Could be yeah, with the right modifiers, with the right combat check, with the right hey, crit, which allows you to a, swing again. Right? Isn't there one in there that allows you to take and do the same attack again? Boom. Yeah. yeah. With a lucky strike. With a lucky strike. That's true. A talent, Adding, a lucky strike. You mm-hmm. could add in your brawn rating again. Oh, or Ouch. even your character's cunning if you were like a thiefy type. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it uh, that works. All right. Yeah. And that feels like, that feels like, you know, mecha fighting, right? Right. You know, piloting and brawn together, you know, just kind of doing it instead of, you know, having a melee skill. But you already have two skills with your, because in, in, you think about it, in, in hand-to-hand combat, you're, you're dealing with basically two skills. You're either choosing melee or brawn to use, and then you're using, uh, range light range heavy one of those right yep yeah okay so you really aren't going to have those two skills for combat well in this case we have gunnery for the range mm-hmm. and piloting um, for the and piloting for melee yep. yeah which is simplifies it a little bit yep all right cool um and then of course you know i like the idea of because these are mecha one other little house rule that i put down because these are machina running around the battlefield and they're um I like the idea of using speed modifiers to add setback dice to ranged attacks. Ooh, what do you mean there? So, so whenever your uh, opponent is going one speed faster than you, it's a setback no, die. It's setback die. Whenever your opponent is going one speed slower than you, it's a boost die. Cool. On your gunner checks. On your, your gunnery checks. On your gunnery checks to hit them in range. Yep. That's good. And, and that's pretty much... Uh, that That's cumulative, obviously. If they're going three speeds faster than you, that's three setback mm-hmm. dice to shoot right. them. And so on and so forth. So that makes your... If you have um, characters that are capable of moving at a high speed, say, with a summon flying mount, well, mm-hmm. that makes them a little harder to hit on the battlefield. Yep. Cool. So, and and that kind of really worked really well for Primordial Machina. I'm not going to say it's going to work for every system, every mm-hmm. setting, but it worked really well for ours. Yep. Yep. So yeah, the last yeah. one, yeah, the last oh, yeah, one we have here, uh, <laughs> yep, is uh, so I I created this the equivalent of the Tie Fighter, and who are my Nazis in our setting? That's the the city mm-hmm. of Calder. Yep. The Calder, they have their um, their shock troops running around, which is the iron Praetorians. And, uh, well, I'm like, okay, how do I, uh, what do I call this? Well, I liked the idea that you have kind of a German, you know, so I went with the iron bound Jaeger. Right. You got to put an A and an E in there just because Yeah, yeah. that's so more see, German. <laughs> iron bound Jaeger will <laughs> yep. be a minion vehicle. So mm-hmm. I start looking at, well, minion vehicle, what do I mean by that? Well, a minion vehicle should be something that could be hit one time and blown up, like a TIE fighter. Yep. 
So <laughs> I go back to my little formula of we'll start. Okay, so it's silhouette two, just like the others. It's speed is going to be two. Now, the I know the TIE Fighters are a little faster and a little more agile. Right. So, But we're going to cover that on the handling side. Yep. So we don't want Machina running around the battlefield at speed three and covering three range bands in a single bound. Unless they're Maybe. specialized. Maybe. Unless they're specialized or mm-hmm. customized. So... These are this is for minions, so let's keep it at speed two. Yep. And then that gives me my formula for hull trauma, or which armor. is going to be, or the armor, sorry, mm-hmm. which the armor was going to be, uh, armor rating of uh, silhouette times five plus the brawn. Now my base brawn for Machina is four, mm-hmm. so it's got an armor of fourteen, mm-hmm. personal scale. And then I'm looking at the hull trauma, and I'm like. Uh, the hull trauma for a, a TIE fighter is six. And I my system so far has been to double. But I'm looking at my base weapon damage for Machina, and I said that was ten. Yep. So I'm at a bit of a conundrum. No, I'm not. I just changed the hull trauma to ten. Serious. <laughs> it was going to be twelve, but I'm like, nah, it's ten. That way, one of these guys can be taken out with a well-placed chop. Yep. And then I looked at the TIE Fighter system strain and went, eight system strain on a minion vehicle sounds great. But I wanted these guys to be agile, so I left them with a handling of plus one. And then throw on a light cannon, and we're good to go. That cannon is going to be your basic cannon, which is a 10 damage cannon. At... uh, it's, it's got ten a critical damage. of four. Yep. Yep. Ten damage. Got a range of long. Crit four. Breach one. Simple as that. And because this is a minion vehicle, and I didn't cover this on the Dwarven War Mech, I'll go back to that. Uh, dwarf, uh, back to that. Because this is a minion vehicle, it shouldn't be easily customized. So it's only going to have one hard point. Yep. And I go back to the Dwarven War Mech. Because we outfitted it with extra strength, and we outfitted it with a little, a little bit hull. more armor. Yep, a little more hull. A little more hull. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have a lot of hard points. It shouldn't be customized as customizable as our Junker not. Right. So we left that with three hard points yep. for customization. Yep. Still, still a little room to, yep. to customize it. Maybe get rid of that. Maybe get rid of the handling. You know, get the handling down to a zero instead of negative one. Crank its uh, brawn up to six. Crank brawn up, brawn up to six. Right. Add on another weapon, yeah. another shoulder-mounted weapon. That's right. Maybe <laughs> even link them, <laughs> or upgrade your uh, sword and board to axe and board, <laughs> or axe and board, or get one of these auto rotary guns. <laughs> <laughs> auto fire, cumbersome four, prepare one. Yeah, baby. Or maybe even a death ray. <laughs> I'm just looking at the steampunk weapons <laughs> again. And, and, and those are all great <laughs> inspiration for what we did here. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where we ended up with our minion vehicle being a it's a silhouette two, speed two, hull trauma 10, mm-hmm. armor of 14, system strain at eight, handling a plus one. Right. And so I hope Ty 
that's how we built vehicles for our setting. That's how we built Mac Machina. Yeah. If you want them to be a little more advanced and have mm -hmm. like you know super mechs, this is a baseline. You can build on it from mm -hmm. there to do mechs and zoids. Yep. And remember, our setting isn't um, isn't like battle mech, which it's all about. Like, oh, you have a you have a chest area, you have a, two arms and legs and heat and all this other stuff. And I kind of want to make this mech worthy of yeah. combat, right? I mean, we're still. It gives us to feel that yeah, we're we got these mechs out here that are firing their shoulder weapons, running into melee attacks with big ass swords, and still doing stuff and not making it too complicated to um to play the game and to keep keep having fun with it. So I think and, well, and well done. Chris man. did point out previously that there is someone who did a, a BattleTech conversion or is working on a BattleTech conversion. If you really want to go uh, seek mm -hmm. out uh, a source yeah, material was, for that, there's yeah, there those was, folks have been working on it. Yeah, there was like a, a I think there was a thread, a bunch of them going back and forth on that. They did really, really, really good there. Well, and when you think about those mechs, yeah. they're like fifty feet tall. They're way bigger than our Machina. Yeah, and right. Yeah, I so mean, they'll each, have each section has their, and I think these guys were going into their own. Each section has hull trauma, armor, system strain, and they. And what was really slick is they were using system strain for your quote unquote heat values. If anybody's familiar with BattleTech, right? I mean, you're firing your weapons, and it brings up heat and such. So yeah, they did pretty good over there. I don't know where. Yeah, that, and I did give going. that a thought of doing system strain for heat, but at the end of the day, it really just bogged our our game down. We wanted it to keep fast pace action. We wanted that steampunky, high adventure. Yep. You know, I when I think steampunk, high fantasy steampunk, I think Eberon or Eberon, whatever you want to call it, from yep. D Ship Seven D. And one of the things that you know, everything was fast pace in that. Everybody, it was all about the action. And that's what we wanted to keep the feel of this system, yeah. this setting. Yeah, I think we, I so. think we nailed it. I do. I really think. I think we got something pretty good here. Yeah. This is fun for me. And it yeah. was fun for the guys and gal on Saturday nights. Yeah, we got one more session. Uh, hopefully this uh, this Saturday. Sweet. So. All right. All right. Well then, we're not going to be having. We don't have a setting to tone this week. So let's just get right into Advantageous Threats. You ready for it, buddy? Yeah, man. Let's kick it. All right, everybody. Welcome to Advantageous Threats, where tonight we are going to be a primordial machina themed advantageous threat here so tony would you like to go first or would you like me to um i think i'd like to hear about yours all right well <clears throat> i am playing dorn war axe a dwarven mech pilot that is running into melee with his sword and board so, granted, his name is his last name is Warax, but he's wielding a sword in his mech, mm -hmm. and he's going against a rival enemy who has adversary one, um, who's also in a mech, 
Now, as you guys remember, he's in his Dwarven War Mech, which has a brawn of five. He has two ranks in piloting. Um, and the rival has an adversary one, so this is going to be a two yellow, one green, nope. three green. Thank you for editing that on the fly for me, buddy. <laughs> and then um, adversary one, so one of the two purples for a melee attack is going to be upgraded. Okay. So that's what we have. Now, I did say I was running into melee, and the thing is, I have a handling of negative one, so I have to add a setback die there. Correct. And does this guy have his own shield, maybe? I didn't put that in here, but just roll. Uh, I'm going to say he is two piloting a dwarven or mech. Nice. Does so he have he's a shield? Actually, he has the same shield you do. Woohoo! So that's going to be two defense, right? Two defense. That's great. Get out another black. You know, okay. That's a nice little pool that we've got going here. And you now know you're what? both moving at the same speed, so no speed differential. Yep. I see us going towards each other like in the anime, right? Like with our swords on the side. He might have an axe. Who knows? Right? <laughs> Running at each other, and you know what? I'm going to spend a story point. Because this is the first time I have actually rolled for a Mormac, a Dwarven Mormac. I've never had a Dwarf in a Mormac before. And this is fucking cool, I must say. Now, as a, uh, you could also spend two strain. Now, you're using in, in vehicle combat, you're True. using one maneuver to automatically steer the vehicle. Yeah, so you so, know what? I am going to aim. I would like to aim. So if you wish to aim, you'd have to spend two strain. I will. Now, question, though, Tony. Mm. That would be the pilot taking the strain, not the... Correct. So, here, let's back up just a bit. So, if I wanted to run two range bands, I would take system strain to, to maneuver, to move, to do another maneuver, mm-hmm. right, on the mech itself, and not me as a pilot, or do the pilots take that as well? I can't remember. Well... Rules as written, the pilot and the okay. vehicle. Yep, both take the strain for doing... Yeah, that makes sense. That That's cool. With the that double maneuver. With the double but maneuver. But for aiming, it's just the pilot. Yeah, we're, I'm close enough where I might be, we're able to close the gap because we're running at each other. I'm spending the extra... Okay, so just wanted to throw that out there, everybody. And does this pool look good? I got three yellow, two green, and my blue boost eye. I have a red, a purple, and three setback dice. I love it. Rainbow right. pool. Rainbow pool. Only thing we need now is a forest die. Oh, wait a second. That cool uncle is calling us, right? Oh, holy threat, Batman. Mm-mm. But whole hell of a lot of success. Okay. So I'm counting up my threats. A couple of my blacks come up negative. My aim did do squat. That came up blank, too. Um, I have a net one, two, three, four, five successes. So you're going to do 17 damage. I'm going to do 17 damage to this guy. However, comma, two threat. Two threat. Two threat. All right. So 17 damage. And, you, and you know, I've another Dwarven Warmack. Breach so, one. Breach one. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get past... 10 of his 15 soak. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so twelve damage. He soaks five, doing twelve damage. <laughs> That's half his hull trauma in he, one single blow. Yep. And I can see this blow. I see him putting his um putting the shield up, and me just coming down on the shield, and the shield actually knocking him in the face, mm-hmm. doing a lot of the damage to like. <laughs> Like that, right? And his arm just hurting. But when you came down, and here's where your threat comes in. Yep. You came down, you were coming with the point of the blade. Oh, shit. Oh, I was... So your blade goes right through his shield. Okay. And he maneuvers and rips the blade right out of your mecha's hand. Of course he hand. does. Nice. So it's hanging there on his <laughs> shield. On his shield that he's getting ready to hit me with. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get hit with the pommel of my sword in the face. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, All rock right. on. All right. So in this case, I chose to go with the path of the GM hmm. since uh, you know, well, that's what I do mostly. Um, <laughs> yep. So I'm I'm GMing a game in primor- of Primordial Machina, and I have several phalanx. That's meaning groups of four of Praetorian Ironbound Jaeger Machina pilots from the city of Calder, and they are attacking the PC's airship, the Banshee Gale, as it is fleeing from the desert ruins of Othkazar with a load of fey crystal. All right. So uh, the, using the minion rules, my uh, gunnery is a skill for uh, Praetorian Machina pilots. Yep. And uh, so because there's the minion groups have four in them, uh, that's a uh, ad, or, excuse me, an agility of three, with the upgraded three times for a total of three yellow dice on the positive side. Uh, and then, at re- at long range, so it's going to be three purple for range. And then I add in the defense of the airship mm-hmm. for a total, uh, which is two. Which they would redo their defenses and move the def- two defenses in the back. Right, uh, and and then uh, they're moving at speed three, so the speed differential will give me a setback die. So right now I've got a three yellow, three purple, uh, uh, and three black setback dice pool. Mm-hmm. So, um, All right, and me as a player, I could say I might flip a story point here, but no, that's okay. Because my guys are minions. They are shooting on the run. They cannot aim because minions ah. cannot voluntarily take strain. That's right. So they won't be aiming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are firing at a Silhouette 5 ship. And mm-hmm. my sh- mecha are Silhouette 2. And What does that gonna, do? If you're firing at a large Silhouette, you're going to get a boost die. Is it a boost? Every, or is, is it, it a... I can't remember. What is it? Well, there's you? a speed advantage. I do remember there is a size differential in the basic rules, I believe. Basic combat, yeah. I think it's more of a you reduce not the a, difficulty. I thought it was boost dice. I, but eh, It could be. We could be. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to say on the fly, because that's what you do. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. Size differences, here it is. Size differences in silhouette in combat. Um, I found it. (laughs) Because it's what we do. 
We just found yeah, when a character them. makes an attack against a target's silhouette two or more points larger, mm-hmm. they decrease the difficulty of the check by That's one. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was de- decrease the difficulty. So I'm going to drop one of those purple dice. Yeah, dude, do it. All right. So, um, good thing I found it before I had to make it on the call because I would have just given boost dice to them. But anyhow, oh. they're three silhouettes larger than my my uh, mm-hmm. iron bound. So we'll just reduce it by one. Sounds so good to me. Do you want to do anything to this? You're pool? literally hitting the broadside of a barn almost. Do you right. want to do anything to my pool? Um, no, that's okay. Okay. Fire it up. Do it. All right. So the first phalanx, because I have two phalanxes, the first phalanx is going to be shooting, and uh, I rolled one success and one failure. So those wash out. Yep. Oh, (laughs) nice. Then I rolled four advantage and six threat. So my net, two threat. So you're two threat, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say, a few of their guns just jam because you're in the desert, man. So right. you're gonna get a setback die when you shoot They're again. Affected by <laughs> sand. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Maybe. Now the other minion group. All right, the other minion group is firing as I well. I hear those Same dice. Pool. Listen to them. Are all. you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, man. <laughs> all right, and how am I gonna triumph? Oh no. But I missed. <laughs> uh, I have a, I have net one triumph. No successes, no nothing, just triumph. Just you're left with a triumph. Net a triumph. <laughs> so, what do you want to do with that? Um, I think that uh, some of the cargo falls overboard as you're oh. there banking the ship. Some of the fake crystal you mean? Some of the fake crystal cargo. One of the crates of uh, fake crystal falls overboard lands in the sand. Oh, Shiza. Yeah. Shiza. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I could keep going for the other two minion groups because I said several so that's like three or four. Ah. I'm good. (laughs) You got got some of your fake crystal back. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Alright. Yeah. So that's um that's mech that's mecha uh mecha um combat everybody. Machina. Machina Mach- com- Well I see Dwarven Mech pilot. I should call it a <laughs> Machina pilot and Yeah, yeah. you should have. <laughs> <laughs> He's changing the notes on the fly. I'm changing the notes on the fly. Because if I change it, then it'll change it, then it'll change in my head. <laughs> if you type it, I'll change it. Um yeah, so that's Machina combat, everybody. Primordial oh. style. Are we ready right, well, to go home? Yeah, it's been a long week for me. I think I should go home. Let's do it. All right. Well, that's our show, everybody. Um, I want to sh- do a shout out to those guys from West Virginia, Ben and Matt. From the Imaginary Ramblings podcast, um, they talk any really anything nerdy for about a half an hour, and they had our own Stefan Dragon Spawn on there. I think their last one was like a week or so ago, where they talk about Holdias. Actually, they talk about more net. They talk about how role playing games have changed over the years, you know, and you know since Stefan has been you know playing since the dinosaur bones, 
right? That's he had bone dice back then, I think. I think they made a joke Sorry, about Steph. him being Gary Gygax's babysitter. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you know what? Speaking of that, I've um, I I haven't babysat um, Gygax myself, but I did watch the D and D cartoons with my daughters this weekend. Oh, nice. Um, and you know, you little dungeon masters, Gary Gygax, right? Anyways, um, you could find those imaginary, the imaginary ramblings on Podbean, and find them on Mayway. They are Nerds International community members, and pretty cool, pretty cool podcast they got there. Well done, guys. Okay. Well, and uh, I would be remiss if I didn't remind everyone uh, coming up in October that we have Con on the Cob. Uh, I don't know if Matt's going to make it this year, Matt from Imaginary mm-hmm. Ramblings, but um, he'll be there months. in spirit. Ooh, that's four months uh, from now. I know. Uh, and uh, the Con on the Cob Kickstarter just closed up, so um, you'll have to order it for regular price. You can still do so. Order your uh, ticket mm-hmm. if you want to go um, through their website. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yep, and that's the, October 3rd through the 6th. I know Tony and I are we're going to show up on the second on the Wednesday. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep, and we're going to have um, Epic Smell Wars two. Yes, and either both of us will be fighting fully uh, armed with our own CPAP masks. That is true. <laughs> so we can to protect us. Have Epic Smell Wars all night long. We won't smell anything. Uh, but don't anyway. want to test that out in theory. By the way, no, <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> oh, by the all way, right. guess what trailer I saw today. I don't know. Rambo, Last Blood. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you can go on about watching that on your own. <laughs> no, All right, man, we're so... going to go see the Joker on Sunday, man, on that one. We're going to go do yeah. that. And any of you, if you're going to Connor Cobb, you're welcome to join us. That's right. All right, so contact information. You can email us like people do at findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail.com. And we'll have our email bag show next in a couple weeks with Stefan. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, so if you get your emails in before that, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. make sure we add them to that show. Uh, so you can also find us at Finding the Narrative on Facebook. That's uh, myself and Stefan you can talk to over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find Finding the Narrative and Nerds International on Mayway. Stefan is all about the Twitter presence with at FTN underscore Genesis, and he will um, diligently watch that. And you can listen to Tell your friends to listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, and on Spotify. Mm -hmm. So this is Tony saying, keep rolling them bones. And this is Chris saying, don't forget to ask. Oh, no, that's not it. (laughs) No, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Remember the rule of cool, everybody, and just have fun. Good night. And tell Stefan no boost dice. Yes, and tell Stefan no boost dice. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned in this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.